The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Welcome to the Pirate Radio Podcast, featuring special guests discussing a wide range of topics and personal stories. Hi, I'm Shirley Rhodes, and welcome into the Pirate Radio Podcast. In today's episode, The Voice, Jeff Charles, will be visiting with former ECU football player Larry Shannon. We'll find out what he's up to now and take a look back at his career in the NFL and some ECU memories as well. Sit back and relax. The Pirate Radio Podcast starts right now. Welcome to our Pirate Radio podcast. A visit now with former Pirate receiver Larry Shannon. ECU fans certainly remember number 80, one of the best receivers ever for the Pirates. He played in 1994 to 1997 on some outstanding teams coached by Steve Logan. The Pirates played in back-to-back Liberty Bowl games during that era. Some great times for ECU football. And we will relive those times and those years with Larry, who joins us now from his home in Venice, Florida. Larry, welcome. How's life in the sun? Sunshine State these days. Hey Charles, thanks for having me on. Uh, uh, life is life is great. Um, yeah, no complaints. Uh, enjoying living in Florida and um, and you know raising my family and uh, doing a little, little little bit of coaching. Sounds great. We want to talk about that, Larry, with you in a few more minutes uh, down the road here in the interview. Hey, we want to talk with you about uh, about your life today, as I mentioned, but we want to go back uh, to the very beginning in Stark, Florida, coming out of uh, Stark, Florida and ending up at ECU. Can you walk us through your high school career and the recruiting process and how you ended up in Greenville? Yes, Um very interesting story. I, you know, I obviously had a goal to play college football, and uh, my coach in high school felt like I could. So I, um, I was all in on becoming, you know, the best high school football player I can and get recruited. You know, growing up, you know, 20 minutes from Gainesville, you always had the dreams of playing at University of Florida uh, and being a Gator, which my whole entire family were huge Gator fans. Um, but I. You know, quickly realized that wasn't going to be possible. You know, I I wasn't going to be re- that type of recruit for them, being in the SEC conference and and uh, me kind of being a tweener. I was uh, some people project me as a tight end, some people project me as a receiver. So I uh, couldn't gain the weight I uh, to be a tight end. I just couldn't gain. I couldn't put on enough weight in high school to be recruited as a tight end. So I got passed over by a lot of schools. Um, because they would see my film, they would talk to my coach, and then when they see me in person, they they realized that I wasn't heavy enough to be a tight end at Division One level. And um, so I um, recruiting, you know, recruiting went very slow for me. I had a lot of people interested, and then uh, not offer me a scholarship. And and I just was really patient in the whole process. I believe that. I was going to find a school. And I was going to make the best of it. And um, Coach Todd Berry was the offensive coordinator at East Carolina at the time. And he came through my school and uh, showed some interest. And I had heard that story, you know, a hundred times from other, other schools. And I kind of went on about my day, figured, uh, well, you know, I'm not heavy enough to be a tight end in college. You know, I'm maybe going to have to go down a level. Um uh, but Todd had a Todd and Coach Logan had a had a vision for me of being a big receiver at East Carolina, and eventually, you know, they returned the call, and uh, I was very uh, very shocked, but at the same time excited 
and Coach Barry and uh, you know offered me a, a visit, a recruiting visit to East Carolina, and uh, you know got on a plane for the first time in my life and flew to Greenville and uh, and sat in Coach Logan's office and basically. Uh, you know, I met him and, and, and kind of saw his vision for me at, on campus there, a part, of the, a part of the program. And then I flew back home without an official offer and kind of thought that maybe that opportunity wouldn't, wouldn't go anywhere. And then a few, few days later, Coach Logan called with this scholarship offer and, uh, and the, kind of the rest is history. Yeah, no doubt about that. Then you go on to the great career here at ECU. We're visiting with Larry Shannon tonight from his home in Venice, Florida. Larry, you're from Stark, Florida. The two things everybody talks about in Stark, Florida, number one is the penitentiary, the state penitentiary, and number two, you get traffic tickets and speeding tickets when you go through that town, and unfortunately, I know that firsthand. What else do you remember about Stark, Florida growing up there? Well, you know, that's about it. You know, you're right. Like, if you talk to any, any outsider and you tell them you're from Stark, Florida, initially their eyes light up and they say either that's where the prison is or you got to watch those speed, speed traps when you're traveling. <laughs> yeah, they caught me a number of years ago going through Stark. I'll never never forget it. Larry, at 6'6", six, six, you, you certainly had great size. You had great tools, uh, athleticism. Uh, you could really run. Did you play any other sports in, in high school other than football? Yeah, I played basketball. I, I really enjoyed playing basketball in high school, and uh, you know, and I actually had a few like small college uh, offers to go play basketball. Very small college, and I was kind of considering that when I didn't know how football was going to work out. Um, and I also ran track uh, a little bit at the end of my career. I, I really didn't run track. I just high jumped, and my. Um, I just, I just, you know, the, the good Lord blessed me with the opportunity to jump really high. And uh, so our track coach at the time, you know, talked me into coming out and high jumping. And then I was able to break the school record and high jump six foot eight. Um, but, you know, football was my, um, obviously my number one, uh, you know, sport and, and the one I enjoyed the most. But definitely played basketball all four years and ran track my last, my last senior year. I remember that when you were here, we always talked about your jumping ability. And as the guys say now, especially the basketball guys, what is your vert? What was your vert when you were here, Larry? Uh, I believe I still have the record. My vert at East Carolina was 44 inches. Wow. That's that's strong. Now, when you, when you got to ECU, you were a thin guy. But when you were here, were you able to put on weight and, and uh, certainly gain in the strength room when you were here? Absolutely. Uh, Coach Connors, um, you know, his program, and, you know, and, and things that he did to us, you know, in the offseason really, really um, made us complete players, change our bodies. So I was able in my first, my basically my one-year anniversary at East Carolina, I was 20 pounds heavier. Um, so after my redshirt year, when we started uh, the season, my retro freshman year, I was exactly 20 pounds heavier just being in the program and um, and working and um, putting that time in. Wow, that's pretty amazing. So when you finished up here as a senior, then uh, had the opportunities in the NFL. Larry, how much were you weighing at that time? I was weighing, when I was drafted in the NFL, I was about 215 pounds. Okay. And when I, when I got to East Carolina, I was about 180 pounds. 
on about a six six frame, right? Right. <laughs> you were a thin guy. <laughs> I was. Larry, uh, let's refresh our memories now. We have a lot of folks who listen to us that remember the good old days, if you will, back in the 90s when the Pirates had the great teams we talked about. But we have younger, newer listeners uh, joining us all the time that might not know the stories of some of those great teams uh, in the 90s and, and some of your teammates. So let's talk about some of the guys you played with on those great Liberty Bowl teams and, and some of the great years that you guys had. Who were some of those guys that you were close to and maybe some guys you stay in contact with today? Yeah, well, um, you know, if you're going to talk about, you know, the mid-90s, you got to talk about Marcus Crandall, you know, one of my really good friends. And, um, you know, he just, you know, a quarterback that it could, you know, if he could have stayed healthy and played all four years, probably would still have all the records at ECU, even though we've had some, some guys throwing around pretty good here lately. Um, but Marcus Crandall was kind of the backbone of our, our offense, and, and uh, he was kind of ahead of his time as far as throwing the ball. And, you know, and, you know so I still keep in contact with him. Uh, definitely all the receivers we played with, uh, you know, Mitch Galloway, Troy Smith, Jason Nichols, Lamont Chapel, all those guys that we played with there in the mid-90s that we all kind of uh, had a very deep receiving core. You know, not a lot of our records still stand as far as the individual stats because we were so deep at receiver. Uh, we rotated a lot of guys. All of us played about equal amount, so we kind of spreaded the ball around a lot. Um you know, and then defensively, you know, it was always always fun to be challenged in practice. And, and, you know, in those years, we had some really, really elite defenses with the Hart Twins and um, some, of the, some of the big quality defensive linemen that we had at that time. And so we, it, was, it was fun to be, uh, you know, Mark Libiano and, and some of those really good defenders that we had there in the mid-'90s. Uh, was um, so you know that 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 whole that whole you know era of ECU football, you know we we were just so close and we bonded so well and we just kind of together decided that you know we were going to put the time and work in and push each other to to kind of uh, get the program going in the right direction. That program was so good defensively. Uh, you mentioned uh, that those football teams, uh, Larry, that you were associated with. Of course, you played receiver. But the defense was so good that in that Liberty Bowl game in 1995, limited Stanford, a Pac-10 program at the time, to 13 points. Pirates won that game 19-13. to I still say to this day that's one of the best wins in Pirate football history because ECU was kind of bursting onto the scene at that time. And to get a bowl win over a Pac-10 team was certainly a big deal. Uh, what, what do you remember about that game? Well, I remember that, you know, if you talk about that game, you got to talk about the year before where we went to the Liberty Bowl and we uh, didn't play well and we got beat really bad by Illinois. So the whole entire year leading up to the, you know, the whole entire offseason after the 94 season was – we were very motivated to get back to a bowl game and, and show everybody that that's not us, that's not our program. So we were we were very focused and very motivated um, going into that bowl game. You know, typically you go to a bowl game, you're there for five or six days leading up to the bowl game. There's a lot of distractions, a lot, a lot of a lot of things to to do um, after practice and and with the bowl activities. We just had one goal in mind as we went to the Liberty Bowl in 1995, and that was to win. 
you know, kind of Coach Logan had this slogan of unfinished business. And uh, that was kind of our motivation all year. And I just remember that game of offensively, we didn't play very well. Obviously, uh, Stanford had a good defense as well. And I, rem- I remember our defense just uh, carrying us and pulling us through and making the plays you know, to get that big victory for the program. Looking up the Larry Shannon statistics at ECU, here is the one stat that jumps off the page, I think, on all of us. Larry averaged 17 yards per catch in his career at ECU. That is really, really terrific. He scored 21 touchdowns on 101 catches in his career for 1,714 yards. But Larry, you were a big play receiver. 17 yards per catch. That's uh, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, you don't realize that until you go back afterwards and, and you think about that. At the time, you're just playing and then all of a sudden, as the season ends, you realize that you you know that the yards per catch um, was was pretty uh, pretty special and um, you know that just goes you know some of that is you know uh, coaches putting us in the right position and the quarterback always knowing that um, that I had a skill set of getting down the field and outrunning some people and, and you know and going up and making plays on the ball so I'm, I'm very proud of that and. Um, it's um, something to look back on and think about quite often. Yeah, and we're not talking about one year. I mean, sometimes guys average 17 yards per catch in one season. Larry averaged 17 yards per catch in his entire career, the four years at ECU. Larry, I mentioned to a few folks uh, the last few days that I was going to have you on, and we were going to talk about your career, and they, they asked me to ask you, tell us the towel story. And uh, I, I know you know uh, what I'm talking about here, and, and folks who, who watched that back in the day uh, certainly remember, but again, we have a lot of people that probably don't know what we're talking about. So for them, especially, tell us about the towel. Well, uh, <laughs> a great story, and uh, something I get asked a lot and I still have the towel. I think my parents have it in their house, like in a um, trophy case. Uh, but we played North Carolina State uh, in Charlotte in 1996. And it was the first time that we had played State uh, in a long time. And um, as you got to ECU, you quickly, being from Florida, didn't really realize the hatred and the rivalry of East Carolina versus North Carolina State. So quickly, you were caught up to speed. And uh, obviously, the, everybody remembers the Peach Bowl and, and uh, the big win against them in the, in the Peach Bowl. But uh, finally, we were able to get them on the schedule. And it was a neutral site game at Carolina Panther Stadium in Charlotte. And it was Thanksgiving weekend. It was a huge, huge crowd. And uh, it was one of those games where we were a really good football team. And we were we were ready to play and hungry to finish the season off and uh, take it to NC State. Well, the game kind of went along, and our entire fan base had these yellow, you know, these gold towels. These, you know, the that they were passed out when they came into the stadium. And so our fans, you know, we had half of the half of the stadium full of ECU fans, and they were waving the gold towels. You know, as you know, and and some of the towels made their way down to the sideline during the game. Um, well, I kind of one being a little selfish and two being a little frustrated, decided that I was going to take one of those towels 
and I was going to score a touchdown. And when I did, it was going to be a big celebration with the fans. I was going to pull the towel out of my game pants and wave it. Well, um, I couldn't get a, you know, I just sometimes just go. Sometimes, you know, we had such a good receiving core. Sometimes, you know, we um, you didn't get a lot of balls some games. So that game, I. I, I, you know, I, I wanted, I wanted to make a play so bad and get in the end zone. I just, the, the ball was not coming my way, and I started to get frustrated. And so I said, when I score, and I knew I was going to score at some point. I just, I just had that in my mind. I was going to score. I said, I'm going to break this towel out. So there in the fourth quarter, I finally got a deep ball that Danny Gonzalez threw me, and I made the play for a touchdown. <laughs> and when I, uh, when I got off the ground, I pulled it out of my pants. And waved it and ran through it, ran, ran around the end zone, and the stadium went crazy. Uh, but Coach Logan wasn't very happy with me. <laughs> <laughs> so I got obviously I got a celebration penalty, and um, had to go to the sideline. After all, my teammates were very excited and and were happy, and we were having a good time with it. Uh, I had to go face Coach Logan and uh, hear that from him and Coach Martin, and pretty much heard it for. That was my junior year, so uh, you know half of my you know the whole all season leading up to my senior year. Every time I see Coach Logan, he would look at me and shake his head and say, "What were you thinking?" <laughs> um, so I was I was a little unselfish and kind of hurt the team a little bit with the penalty, but at the same time, it was a great great celebration and that kind of summed up the night for a lot of fans. Yeah, no doubt about it. People still talk about it. We're visiting with Larry Shannon. Larry, the great career at ECU, and then drafted in the third round by the Dolphins, the 82nd overall pick. I mean, that's pretty high cotton, so the NFL folks uh, were very impressed with you in your college career, so tell us a little bit about getting drafted by the Dolphins and then also uh, having some time with the Raiders and the Jaguars. Yeah, you know, I had a really good junior year. Um, at ECU, I you know I I caught a lot of attention with you know like you said the yards per catch and some of the some of my stats and going into my senior year, I don't know Jeff if you remember but I right before my senior year we I broke my leg. Yep. And and you know I missed half of my senior year, and it was that was very difficult to go through. I never got healthy. Um, team struggled and it was a very frustrating times. Well, you know I my stock had kind of dropped. As far as uh, you know, NFL, uh, you know, going to, as far as like I was a hot commodity after my junior year, and then my senior year I barely played and had a bad, you know, I had a broken leg I was recovering from. So I was able to kind of, you know, after my senior year, I went to the Senior Bowl and participated in the Senior Bowl. Then I went to the Combine, and then I had uh, a couple pro days at East, at ECU. And I was able to kind of show that I still had, you know, the explosiveness and the speed and everything that they were looking for through my uh, preparation for the draft. So I was able to kind of pull my stock back up, and, and the Dolphins selected me with, the, like you said, the 82nd pick. And uh, it was a dream come true, obviously. You, as a kid, you dreamed about that. And for me, being from Florida, you know, that was, you know, my grandfather and my dad, that was our that was our favorite team growing up. So that's who we watched and rooted for. So that was extra special for our for my family to be back in Florida and be a, a part of the Dolphins organization. Um, you know, I, you know. Unfortunately, I, I the injury bug followed me to the NFL, and you know, in my rookie year, I tore my ACL, and also uh, in my first three years, I had two shoulder surgeries and. 
So my career did in the NFL didn't go the way I wanted to. I don't have any regrets. It was uh, obviously, like I said, a dream come true, and I was able to use my experience at ECU and and all the you know all the good coaching I got there and, and the development to you know to be able to be drafted and and uh, be a part of the NFL fraternity. So the realization hits that your football career is over, Larry. And tell us now, did you always want to get into coaching, or did it just come to you naturally, or how did the how did the coaching thing all work out for you? Yeah, you know, uh, I, I kind of didn't plan it. Um, you know, as a, if you get drafted in the NFL, you know, you think you're gonna, you think you're going to play 10, 8, 10, 12 years in the NFL, and and uh, and and uh, that's going to be your. Uh, that's going to be your job, and, and then when you get done, you can uh, you can maybe relax and retire on the money you made. But unfortunately, I didn't make enough money to do that, so I had to. You know, I once I realized that my playing days were over, and I was in my late twenties, and I was you know you know you know having you know having the surgeries I went through and all and being banged up. I uh, I just you know I, I was kind of like didn't know what direction I was going to go, so. I actually drove to Greenville and talked to Coach Logan about coaching, and 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 he gave me some advice and um, and he said, well, if everything works out um, in the off season, we'll look and see what opportunities we have. Well, Coach Logan got fired after the 2003 season. but my name was sitting on the desk when the new coach came in, and that was John Thompson. And there were some people there in the, uh, you know, in the athletic building, athletic administration building, that helped me uh, get my name in front of Coach Thompson, and I was able to uh, move back to Greenville and become a graduate assistant coach and uh, get my master's at the same time. And, uh, you know, and I still... It's a, it was a great, great time for, for me and my family and the experience I got from it. I know as a program, we was, we didn't do very well as coaches. You know, we, we struggled uh, to get uh, to, to win games. And uh, my son was actually born in Greenville when I was there, GA. And I was there about 18 months. And I kind of got my master's and, I'm, and then I left, I left coaching. I, I moved back to Florida. And but that kind of gave me the uh, the coaching book. I felt like that's something I wanted to do, and that kind of started me. And then I moved back to Florida, and I got a high school coaching job, and and I'm still doing that, that same job today here, sixteen year, sixteen years later, down here in Venice, Florida. That is amazing. You've been in Venice uh, now for sixteen years, and you and I were visiting off the air. I know Venice well. My parents retired there. On the, on the golf of many, many years ago, back in the mid-'80s, it's a beautiful town with a great high school football program, a terrific high school. So, Larry, it looks like you just found a home there. I did. You know, I've, um, I had to tur- I, you know, I turned down several jobs over the last, you know, 15 years. You know, there was – I've been asked to be a head high school football coach numerous times. Um, I, I get people. I've had people call me up and just offer me the job without interviewing. Now, my hometown in Stark has offered me the job a few times. I still know a lot of college coaches, and and there were some times that I almost went back and got back into college football and being a coach there. But every time, it just wasn't the right time. You know, either my wife was expecting our another ch- one of our our children, or 
uh, the timing wasn't right, so we always just stayed put, and we decided just to put some roots down here, you know, in this area. Um, and it's just, it just, we built something really special here as coaches, and um, and we were able to kind of, you know, keep winning and doing well and get great community support. We were able to win a state championship, you know, three years ago. We've been right there, close to winning three or four other ones. And it's just something where uh, I haven't really found the need to leave and uproot my family. And so we've kind of made a home here, and it's been been very special. Now, they and, ha- you know, and we, we have a kind of an East Carolina connection down here. We've um, Coach Peacock, yes, who was was, was uh, he was he was a member of the East Carolina Pirates in the early '90s there with me, and he transferred out, but he was a football player at ECU, and uh, he transferred to Georgia Southern. And then Jerry McManus, who was a longtime coach at ECU in the 90s and, and uh, here in the 2000s, he coaches with us as well down here. He's retired down here. So we got a little East Carolina connection going on down here in Venice. Yeah, I was going to ask you about uh, John Peacock. Uh, he's from Sarasota originally and did play here at ECU. Did not realize that Coach McManus was, uh, was on the staff with you there. We've known Jerry for a long time. And, and Larry, uh, as a guy who was a great receiver, we understand you're the defensive coordinator. So how did that happen? Uh, yeah, it's crazy, right? It's just the love of football and um, and just kind of like just looking at, you know, the whole game and and finding, finding like something to challenge myself. And, um, you know, for years I coached uh, receivers in high school and that's something I did and I would coach offense and defenses because I just love coaching receivers, but I also was challenging myself to learn more football and to be involved in other aspects of football. And I just studied and learned and uh, became very passionate about um, stopping offenses because I knew offenses pretty well. So I became very passionate about that side of football. And I was serving, you know, our school as far as there was a need there for it. And I kind of, was coaching at both, you know, both ends of the candlestick, you know, offense and defense, and um, and I just truly fell in love with the defense aspect of football. Being coming from the offensive guy and knowing so much about uh, passing game and uh, offensive, that, that it really helped me become a good defensive coach. I believe. You have referenced your family a number of times uh, during this interview, Larry. So tell us about the Larry Shannon family. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I got four four children. Or my oldest daughter, which we're very proud, she's uh, currently serving in the Navy. So she's stationed in uh, Spain, and she's been uh, in the Navy five years now. I have my son, Larry the Third, Larry Shannon the Third. He's um, he's a current tenth grader uh, here at Venice and uh, he's a part of the football team. And he loves football and. Uh, he had a, it was a serious knee injury his freshman year towards ACL and uh, has, has bounced back from that. And uh, he's looking forward to his junior year next year uh, being on the field full time and, uh, you know, and coming. Uh, he, he's a wide receiver. He, you know, he's following in dad's footsteps. Um, uh, we, me and my wife have uh, our, our, first, our second daughter. She's a ninth grader. She's uh, 15 years old, Leah Shannon. And then we have a nine year old. Sophia Shannon, who is currently a fourth grader. So we have a 
a house full. Yeah, it sure sounds like it. I'll tell you what, it just seems like it was yesterday you were playing for the Pirates. And I look you up, Larry, and you're 45 years old. My goodness, where, where does the time go, right? I tell you, it flies by, doesn't it? It really does. It really does. Hey, Larry, this has been great. Thank you so much for doing this with us. Uh, we appreciate it. We remember your career here so well, and Pirate fans do. And You've been a big success in life, too. Uh, congratulations on your family and your career. Again, it's been great to catch up, and hopefully I'll see you at uh, the end of March when uh, I visit Venice. Yeah, uh, definitely. Let's definitely get together, and I appreciate uh, hearing from you, Jeff. Um, I can't tell you, uh, you know, like you being around our, around the program and being the voice of the Pirates and, uh, and seeing you in the weight room and, and all, you know, just, just over the years, just coming back to Greenville and seeing your face and hearing your voice. Uh, we appreciate everything you've done for the program as well. Well, you're very kind, Larry. Thank you so much. That is Larry Shannon visiting with us on our Pirate Radio podcast. And thank you to The Voice, Jeff Charles, for that entertaining interview with Larry Shannon. We'll be back very soon with another edition of the Pirate Radio podcast. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in the Apple Store. You can also visit our website at pr927fm.com. And you can follow us on social media at pr927fm. Until next time, have a great day, everyone. You've been listening to the Pirate Radio Podcast, an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation.